Welcome back to another episode of Dracul. This is a story of a young woman who came into contact with a mysterious man named Dracul. As her story begins with her first encounter with Dracul, his story unravels as their relationship grows. Previously on Dracul, Dracul and Catherine's first kiss and evening were both interrupted by Sartram, making it very clear to both Dracul and Catherine that he will not be easy to get rid of. This worried Catherine, seeing as she did not know who he was, but was then told the gist of things by Dracul. Later in the evening, after the encounter, Dracul went to visit Catherine in her chambers and finally shared their first uninterrupted, maybe, kiss. Before I start, I have a quick note for you. That's not to confuse you, of course. This will be Dracul's point of view starting from when he left the castle. Dawn was breaking and Dracul knew he had to return immediately back to his castle. He had stayed out for many hours after Catherine had fallen asleep next to him. Why does she care for me in this way? Who can she be? She feels familiar, but I've never met her before. Could it really be possible that it's her? Dracul asked himself many, many questions such as these, some more abstract, some more direct. But of course, since Dracul isn't being completely clear with everything he's thinking, I have no idea what he's thinking either. Therefore, I cannot say a word. <laughs> he finished, uh, feeding? Drinking? The <clears throat> vampiric sin? and returned to his naturally unnatural state. His ears had went to extremely pointy to just a bit pointed. His canine teeth sunk back into his mouth, returning to their normal state, his tongue reverting back to a pink little itty-bitty human-y one, and his glowing red eyes became brown once more. It's really a terrible sight to see, my friends. I just water it down is all. But if you wish for me to get into detail, then I guess I could. But for now, let's just say the oh-so-handsome-and-charming Dracul turns into a disgusting, demonic creature. You know, vampires and their whole vampiric state. So yeah, <clears throat> creepy. Swiftly and quietly, he left the victim, who actually did not meet their demise. <laughs> not this time, at least. And returned to the castle. The sun was just barely beginning to say hello when he made his way up the second flight of stairs, going to the left side of the third floor where his chambers, and much more, were. He entered and across his room was a door, which led to even more stairs. I mean, I'm running out of stamina just thinking about this place. Or should I say palace, cause it's a palace. <laughs> this stairs led to the second lowest floor and was basically underground at this point. There lay a coffin in the middle of the room and a small closet next to the entrance. He removed his clothes, ooh la la, and lay down in the coffin. When he was in it, he heard a click from the outside, which was the noise of the coffin being manually locked from the outside. 
Knowing this, he comfortably closed his eyes and went into a vampiric slumber, falling into the dream world. At around noon in this dream, Dracul found himself standing in front of the house that Catherine had lived in once before. The young man spoke energetically. Well, if it isn't Yulrik Agresti, come, walk with me. Dracul sighed but smiled. Why must you always call me by my full name, Philippe? The young man, who turned out to be Philippe, the man in the painting, patted Dracul's arm and continued to walk with him to purchase food a little ways down in the town center where all the vendors were. They joked along the way, and Dracul listened to him speak about his vision of opening a trinket shop. Now, I'm sure you caught on to Philippe calling Dracul Ulrich. Truth be told, Ulrich was Dracul's name during his lifetime, but since his death time, I guess it would be called, his name was Dracul. So to make a long story short, Dracul's dream is actually a memory from long ago that he thought were long forgotten. But of course, they're not forgotten and they never were. It was just pushed aside. I can't speak. Because that's how it works, right? Anyway, point is, I'm going to refer to Dracul in this memory as Ulrich since that's who he originally was. Philippe and Ulrich were very good friends, and it was such a wonderful bromance that they had shared. Even though Ulrich had moved quite a ways away from Philippe after completing their basic studies, they always made sure to find some time to see one another and send letters. They wrote to each other about eventful things in their week or day, such as funny encounters, um, and of course, you know, because they're dudes, they wrote about seeing an ankle here and there. Anywho, they had arrived at the bustling town center that was filled with many people and many vendors. At some point, Yurik looked up and made eye contact with the stunning woman. She had hazel brown eyes, long wavy dark brown hair, and a captivating smile. He smiled back at her after realizing he must look absolutely ridiculous gawking at her. Smooth. Suddenly, the scene around Yurik changed and became much more eerie. He knew this was many, many months later in his, uh, life, per se. He felt starved and absolutely miserable as his head was pounding. The world around him was so much louder than before. Why is this happening? There's no one around me, he thought to himself. He found himself at Philippe's door. He was so terrified, thinking that death was surely upon him. A violent and painful cough attacked Ulrich as he doubled over, holding his throat. He felt an arm around his back, and a hand on his side. It was Philippe. God, Ulrich, are you alright? You sound like death, come in quickly. What are you doing out so late? He touched Ulrich's forehead. You're burning! Ulrich was being held by Philippe as he was practically dragged inside the house. I don't know what became of me. I just... I didn't know where to go or who to go to. I fear that I am dying, Philippe. She said I was supposed to feel better and I... Yurik paused mid-sentence, his mouth slightly ajar. Philippe asked him with great concern if he was feeling alright, but he could not answer. Instead, 
He whispered something very quietly underneath his breath as he focused on Philippe. The world around his friend darkened and blurred. A fire started in his chest, and his throat became itchy and incredibly dry. I'm sorry, what did you say, Ulrich? What can I do? He peered into Ulrich's eyes with extreme concern. Ulrich spoke slowly. I said, I'm hungry. He moved towards Philippe. Dio mio, Ulrich, your eyes, they're changing. Suddenly, Ulrich pounced on Philippe without any hesitation. All he could think was to feed and feed and feed. They hit the floor and he sank his teeth into Philippe. Philippe shouted in terror and tried to push Ulrich away, but for some reason he couldn't. Ulrich didn't even do as little as budge. He continued to drink and suck and feed. Ulrich could feel less and less movement underneath him, and then he heard whimpers replace the screams. Then heavy breathing, then nothing. It was done. His friend was gone, and so was he. When he was content, he stood up and the world around him became normal again. Looking down, he realized what he had done and he cried and he wailed and he wept. He held his bloodied friend in his arms, wanting it all to be a bad dream. Dracul woke up in a panic. His forehead and his body were covered in a cold sweat and the corner of his eyes were covered in dried tear stains. His chest burned and his arms were shot out in front of him. The tip of his nails were elongated, stuck to the top of the coffin. He heard a click coming from the right side of him. The coffin was being unlocked by someone. Or something. He gained his composure, opened the lid to his coffin and stepped out. There was a mirror in the room directly across from him and he could see that he was in his vampiric state. Quickly. He looked away and gradually changed back into his regular supernatural natural form. You could say he's a wolf in sheep's clothing, but he really is not. Thank you for listening to episode 7 of Dracul. Now you found out a little bit about who Philippe was, but is this the only significance he's had in Dracul's life and death? And will he be the only significance? Do you feel like you got to know a little bit more about Dracul, or do you still feel just as lost? Stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing to this podcast on the platform that you're listening to it on. All narration, writing, and music composed by Priscilla Ibarra. Is composed by Priscilla Ibarra. Always remember, when you hear the dingy ding ding of a ringy ring ring, you should check, cause it could be the blingy bling bing of a gindy ging gind.